you are listening to the Foamy Heads Podcast, where we discuss craft beer and anything else that accompanies a glass. Foamy heads are back, hanging out in Chattanooga, Tennessee today. It's only a couple hour drive for us, Mitch. Mm-hmm. It wasn't bad at all, but um, weather is looks like it's kind of working with us a little bit today. Um, was a little bit rainy, at least in our area yesterday. Looks like we kind of got the same over here, but a couple hours drive, two hours at the most. It wasn't bad. Chattanooga is a great place to be anyway, Mitch. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You've got family in here too. Yep, they all relocated from Nashville down to Chattanooga. Yeah. It's great, and uh, it seems to be growing every time we come back. Um, I seem to be getting up here probably once a year, mm-hmm. at least, maybe a little bit more frequent than that. But um, Chattanooga has that that small town feel for me, but it actually seems to be expanding. Like downtown area, you can park somewhere and walk pretty much anywhere you want. That's not something you get in like Atlanta mm-hmm. um, or in places of Nashville and things like that. Knoxville. Um, another great city as well, but this is awesome. We're hanging out at Tenassee Brewing and Supplies um, here in Chattanooga, Tennessee. We've got Clinton Salee here with us. How you doing, man? Very well. How are you guys? Good, man. Thanks for having us on today. Of course, um, love having you here. Owner, mm-hmm. former head brewer from multiple locations. Still head brewer here. Still head brewer here yeah. too. <laughs> one man, one man band. I I run the bar, um, brew the beer, pay the taxes. Had to be a renaissance. I mm. um been running it for about two and a half years that way that's awesome wow no employees yet not yet no we're i'm looking i've got some guys that help me out here and there but i'm looking to bring on some employees for uh, beer tending and working behind the bar for us and okay stuff. oh yeah. yeah i like i like the spot old school like gas station feel um from what i've been told it was 1963 it was a mapco Ooh. and which works for me and against me it's got the nostalgia but the downside is is almost on a daily basis even two year two and a half years later i still get people coming in here going Oh, I didn't know you were an actual brewery, or you, I didn't know you made beer. We thought you were just a, a quickie mark. So people come in here looking <laughs> for like cigarettes and. I mean, it literally says beer, home brewing <laughs> supplies, yeah. kits on the yeah. on the windows, like right in front of you when you walk in. It says tap room, brewery, homebrew supplies, dog park, everything in huge fourteen inch letters. And I have, <laughs> yeah. I have um, a mural of a Native American, nine foot tall, pointing at the front door. You cannot mm-hmm. miss me. But I still, even to this day, still get people coming in here saying the same thing, which. Goodness, it's kind of amusing at this point. Looking yeah. for monster drinks and, and yeah. cigarettes. What a surprise! We have things that are better than that here. So, <laughs> yeah, people are leaving because there's only two ways out of town, really. If you're living in Harrison or Red Bank or whatever, so you can either leave this direction and head across the water, or you can go out the North Shore side. Uh-huh. So everybody gets out of work and they're like frustrated with their jobs, and um, they'll fly by here and try to stop. Yeah, I just want a six pack of PBR can, <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> on the way home, you got something better for them. I though. do. I have something much better. Yeah. You got you got ten of them on draft on tap, and we're going to be getting into those in just a moment. Awesome! It's like we we don't have those kind of six packs, but we do have these six packs over here. <laughs> yeah, if you want some of those, <laughs> uh, home brewing supply store also. Yes, sir. So that one, one of three in the state. In the state, whoa, yeah. brewery and home brewing supplies in the state, or are you just talking about one home of three? Supply, yeah, there's, okay. Oh yeah, there's way more breweries, but there's only three that I know of homebrew supply stores in the state. There's Knoxville, me, and Nashville, I believe. Okay, I know Craft Brewed used to supply, but Craft Brewed used to have homebrew supplies, but they don't do it anymore. Yeah, they cut that out, made it a just a dining area. Mm-hmm. 
And there was a guy in North Georgia, but from what I've been told, <laughs> I haven't been down there in a while, but from what I've been told, he is re- refocusing on the uh, cans and bottle sales. Oh. Because he has a phenomenal um, selection for that. But he had like kind of homebrews in the back. Mm. You can go get grains here and there. But I, someone told me that he's kind of phasing away from that. Mm. Interesting. For whatever reason. So. Yeah. Well, you've got you've got homebrewing. I mean, that that's kind of your background a little bit growing up, right? And oh, things yeah. like that. So that's probably playing into some of this as well. Or is it just? Are, were you just looking for another another oh. revenue stream besides just a brewery? Oh, I love no, I love talking about making beer. I love. I have guys come in here and I make recipes for them. They'll come in here and like, hey, I've never brewed before. I really want to start doing this. I will set them up with starter kits. I will design recipes for them, print them out, walk them through the process, everything. I got how to brew books for them to do homework. Nice. Um, but yeah, I love, I mean, that's, it's my passion. I love talking about beer. I love making it, drinking it, thinking about it, everything. It is my, it is my life. This is a good, it is a good melting pot of mm-hmm. all of those things combined, home brewing and a brewery in one spot. Yeah. And being able to educate people, help people. And then also when they're, if they don't have the time and they don't want to do it, we've got plenty of it here that mm-hmm. they can just consume on site. So yeah. it's, it's full 360. And like, we're really going to start ramping up in January because everybody does that stinking um, dry January stuff. Oh man. And so I'm going to really be pushing on social media. Well, if you don't want to drink in January, it's time to start brewing. So you, have ah. stuff, so you have stuff to drink in February. Yeah. yeah. Nice. January is uh, not a good month for breweries. And Never thought about that. Yeah. I've heard of a sober, sober October, October. but yeah, that's, some, a, that's a new one. Uh, and then there's uh, someone in our beer group chat from Nashville. They did a sober November. Yeah. So I guess that just rolls off the tongue on those months, I guess. And some people just opt to do it. Those need to go away in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, me too. I mean, that's, that's my thought is like, if you need someone to tell you to stop drinking, yeah. you, you might you might have bigger issues <laughs> yeah, than yeah. just beer. Here's an idea: just drink in moderation and do yes. it. Hang out with your buddies. You don't have to get plastered every yeah. time you pick up a beer. Yeah, I don't know what dedicating a month and then just going right back into binging does for you. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. like it's like hurts you, businesses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's basically all it does. It's Pretty like much. eating kale kale salads for a month and then going back to Taco Bell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm definitely one of those uh, rule breakers myself when I try to go on a diet. I'm like I succeeded all 5 days this weekend at pizza. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that sounds really good actually. <laughs> yeah. Well, the plan today is not to get too plastered, but um we'll, we'll be good. <laughs> Clinton yeah. brought in 10 beers for us to start sampling today, today, so we're going to we're going to split these, but let's jump into the first one then. So the first one, tell us a little bit about it, Clint. This is the Watermelon Crawl. Yes, sir. So it's named after the country song. Uh, oh, all yeah. the country fans out there. Um, it actually won a silver medal in the U.S. Open uh, last month. So it is the second best watermelon seltzer in the country right now. Oh, my God. Um, I sell about 15 to 20 gallons of that a week. <laughs> uh, so I distribute to a couple bars and restaurants here around town. Oh, my wife would love this too. Yeah, so I enjoy it. This is really tasty. But my wife would love it too. This so does not have a five point one to it, does it? This, this is <laughs> it, it is five one. That's, it, will, it will it will smack you when you um, wow when you stand up if you do too many of them. Mm. But I've um, go for it. Oh, we got it handled. It's all right. All right. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and unplug that. I think. So anyway, so it has just the right amount of carbonation, mm-hmm. so it, it doesn't blow your belly, but it's also not flat. Mm-hmm. And I also did not want it to have the um, the aluminum foil taste that some of those come across with. 
Mm. A lot of them just just have this like they funnel through an aluminum foil funnel. That's true. That's so true. It has a very natural. I use a very high grade watermelon juice for mm. that concentrate to make it taste very natural. Wow, you're right. And talking about the carbonation piece, like a lot of those seltzers that you have are either. Um, this actually reminds me of of um, some of the um, some of the seltzers that we had at mm. uh, Big Trouble. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Gallatin. So a lot of the seltzers that we have that you experience today, they, they, they taste like seltzer water, right? They've got a little bit of that flavor, but none of the sweetness to it, right. none of the sugary um, flavor. But So you drink it, and then when you think you're about to experience the full flavor, it just disappears on you. Um, this is really good in a sense that it's got that sugary sweetness to it as well, but it's not too overly carbonated. So you could, you could, pat, you could mm-hmm. smash this thing back really quick if you're not careful. Because I, wanna, I yeah. wanted to cater to... I don't want to exclude anybody. Mm-hmm. So when people come in here and one of you guys loves beer, one of you guys hates beer, or you're gluten intolerant or a dietary or whatever it is, I don't want someone to feel like they just have to sit here and drink Sprite and so and Coke right. Zeros. Um, so we, um, I created this one so I give people options. Like I carry cider cans and I carry kombuchas and stuff like that because I want everybody to have fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want everybody to come in here and I want this to feel like cheers. Everybody's welcome. Everybody's, you know, your friends right off the bat. There's no pretension, no arrogance. You just um, come in here and have fun. So that was the plan. I mean, like seltzer yeah. wasn't an initial part of your like thought because you enjoy drinking seltzers all the time. But yeah. this is more of a catered a, everybody kind of thing. Well, I learned very early in my career that you, <clears throat> when you go from being a home brewer to a professional brewer, you go from brewing what you want. You brew for the far side of the bar, not the near side of the bar, mm. or you won't have a bar. It's a good point. So meaning... Yes, I have the beers that I particularly like to drink, um, but I also know as a business owner and, and as a um, as a brewer myself, like mm-hmm. in being on both sides of bar at this point, you have to cater to everybody. Yeah. You have to you have to literally like think about everybody that walks in here and do everything you can to make them give them something to consume or to enjoy. You're not the one keeping your business afloat. It's the people with the wallets that are keeping your business afloat. That's very true. We got to cater to them. Yeah, because if I only did the, you know, three or four beers that I like, I'd go out of business really quick. Mm. True, true. What is your style of beers that you really like? I love German traditional. Yeah, that Mm. is my that is my wheelhouse. I love beers that taste like you took warm warm water and just shoved a loaf of bread in it. (laughs) That is my stuff. Dortmunders, Dunkelweizens. Oh yeah, Maybox. Like I love I love those kind of beers. Um, Chattanooga is a very heavy IPA and sour town. Mm. So I get at least six or seven humans every week that come in and ask me what kind of IPAs, what kind of sours we got. Yeah. And I do love German sours. I do. My mentor taught me how to do Gozas and Berliners um, properly with grain selection, water treatments, everything. So I do love Gozas. Um, They are a difficult, very um, intricate brew. Mm. You have to pay very particular attention to them because they can go wayward really quick. Yeah. But I do love Gozas. There, I love Gozas and Berliners. I'm looking to see if there's one of those on the on I the got, list today. I got one on the cooler if you guys want. <laughs> Once we run through these ten, we'll figure it out. Yeah, I, told I you, wouldn't mind trying it. I told you I got about six or eight more beers in the cooler that aren't even on tap right now. Oh my gosh! I saw. I see the rosemary saison. That sounds really good too. That one. I just did a blueberry white stout. My my protege over here in the picture. We brewed together in Florida and. Um, he now is an assistant brewer in Portland, Maine. Ooh. And he, he said, I've always wanted to do a white stout. I've never been able to get it, do it. And he came down to visit us like a month ago. So I designed a recipe and 
uh, Maine is known for blueberries and seafood, and I wasn't planning on doing a seafood beer. So we ended seafood. up, yeah, I didn't think that would go too well. Seafood so, doesn't sound great, I got to be yeah. honest. <laughs> so I took blueberries, a real high-grade blueberry juice, put it on simmer, reduced it by 50%, and put mulling spices in it, um, and then added that straight to the white style. So when you look at it, it's a straw yellow color, kind of a dark, dark straw yellow. Mm. And if you close your eyes, you get the roasty notes of a stout, but then there's a finish of a blueberry in the back right after it exits your mouth. I could try nice. that. It's phenomenal. That sounds really Very good. Nice. So well. That sounds really good. Yeah, my boy Dakota and I came up and brewed it. He came down, we brewed it a few months ago or a month ago, and it was it came out so well. I'm very happy with it. Man, Ooh. that's awesome. Yeah. Let's jump to the next one. Uh-huh. So that Harvest is... Harvest Moon. Harvest Moon. That is a Kentucky Common. It is one of the very few indigenous North American beers. It was first brewed in Lexington, Kentucky in the late 1800s. There is a California version that mm-hmm. is more citrus forward. That's what I'm used to hearing is the California commons. Right. Yeah. The California common. What that means is we use lager yeast okay. or we ferment at ale temperatures. Oh. So we get the smoothness of the lager and you get the body of an ale. Mm-hmm. The California version is very citrus forward, orange peel, grapefruit, blah, blah. The Kentucky version, we actually use flake corn in it instead. So you get more of a cream corn mm-hmm. sweetness. Does that taste it. come through on I, the beer? I believe so. We'll see when you drink it. Ooh, the nose is interesting too. Creamy. That one actually just won a silver medal also in the Denver International Beer Comp. Mm. This is tasty. This is easy. To this is easy to that. drink. Yeah. It's awesome. This is really good. Um, mm. Kind of a... Maybe this is me. I don't know if my palate's off. I feel like when you have like... Um, when you almost have like a Belgian-y style beer, you mm-hmm. kind of got that yeasty... I don't want to say quite banana flavor, but it's almost like a yeasty, bready flavor. You're probably picking up on that flake corn. Okay. Mm-hmm. Before you leave, I'll actually I'll show you the the grain I actually <laughs> the corn I actually use from it. Okay. And when I'm trying to teach people, like what we do is we'll make like a what I call a tea. We'll put warm water in a glass and you add a grain to it mm. and let it soak, and then you taste that tea, and that way you'll know exactly what that flavor will impart in the beer. See, that, that's so what that's I like smart. about those ingredients, especially like me personally, I'm not a fan of like smash style beers where things are like single malt and single hop. Um, but I do enjoy when <clears throat> like if I'm having an IPA and they do like a single hopped IPA where you have just one hop in it, that that helps me understand what that hop's supposed to taste like. And that's yeah. what's great about smashes. I totally endorse, especially in the beginning of your career, I endorse. And when you're trying to learn what your palate is. Mm-hmm. So if you drink a beer that has six hops in it and seven grains, you're... I don't know what I'm drinking. Like, I don't know what each of the flavor profiles are supposed Mm -hmm. to be. But if you do, and I tell people, do a 10-gallon batch, split it into five two-gallon batches, and do this one with this hop, this one with this hop, this one with this hop, and then size them up and Mm. figure out what you really like because it'll save you from making a bad order next time you go to your, yep. favorite, your favorite brewery. That makes sense. You know? And that's the same reason why I put IBUs on my on my board because if you're either a hop head or you I hate love them. that, by the way. Yeah. I thought that was awesome. <laughs> Whether you're a hop head or you hate hops, <clears throat> it's going to help you make a better decision mm-hmm. because the last thing I want, I know for a fact that my beers, not you're not going to like every one of my beers. I don't expect you to. That's naive for mm-hmm, me to think, mm-hmm. um, to think that you're going to come in here and love every 85 beers that I make. Right. So... If, it, if you did it, make life a lot easier for me, for sure. <laughs> yes. But I also want someone to enjoy themselves, and I want them to come in and order something that they're going to like. And if they hate hops, 
I tell them to stay away from the high IBUs. Mm -hmm. If you mm -hmm. love hops, go tour them, you know? And so it just helps you make a better decision. And having seven hops and four grains and right, yeah. all this different stuff. I don't like me personally. So I think I, I, I probably echo most people here when I say Citra is probably one of my favorite hops. Um, it's also one of the most expensive hops to use. But Citra um, is a very, very, very popular. My, it's very popular. My favorite is Huel Melon. It imparts a strawberry and cantaloupe note. Whoa. It is in the hazy IP that we'll get to the last beer. Um, um, most hazies, not to not to like jump ahead here, but hmm. most hazies do the Citra, the Centennial, the yeah. Cascade. I use a different hop because I want to impart a different note. We'll get to that one in nine more beers. I want to, yeah, <laughs> definitely <laughs> nine more beers. Yeah, it's a, if if we're able to see, we'll post this picture up on our social media. But having ten beers just lined up one after another, <laughs> this is a this is the, the the trench to go through. Um, we're on three. Yeah, uh -huh. jumping onto the third one. Okay. So this is uh, three three hops in a cot. Three hops uh, in a cot. So you had to have been in the military or in jail to understand where that one came from. Like Neither one of us on this side of the table <laughs> yeah. have been in either of those places. So <laughs> I was at least I have not. I don't know if Mitch has been in jail. No, no. Well, well, I was in the army. <laughs> I was in the army for four years, so that's where I picked it up. Yeah. So back in the olden days, they said you join the military, you can get, you can guarantee you get three hots in a cot. Mm. So the Uncle Sam's gonna pay for where you, he's gonna feed you. Ah, and he's gonna give you a place yeah, to stay. three hot. In other words, like three right. meals, right? right three exactly. meals a day, three meals and a, and a place, place to sleep. sleep. Yep, nice. Huh. So um, there's actually the three hops in this beer. Okay, and it is a Cot Booster. Cot nice. Booster was a very popular beer before Reinheitsgebot, aka the German purity law. Hmm. So when that was implemented, it said that no beers were allowed to be made that did not use just. Um, hops, Those four grains, water, and yeast. Mm. No, no fruits, no vegetables, no <clears> nothing. <throat> and it was done to protect the public, which I completely understand because uh, brewers were just throwing big wads of grass from their backyard into it. They were just huh. trying to do everything they could. So it was a way, kind of like the basically, it was the first FDA mm. kind of thing. So when uh, Reinheitsgebot really came into play, that beer kind of disappeared. Interesting. Um, and as as far as I know, there's only three breweries that I've done in my research that are doing it right now in the country. Mm. So it is a very very rare rare beer. Um, and I get people questioning every day, where do, where does this come from? I've never seen this before. Well, it's a good <laughs> it's a good play on words. Three yeah. hops in a cot. Uh -huh. And what were the three hops that are in it? Um, I'd have to actually look at the recipes. Um, I don't want to make a fool of myself and say the wrong thing. Don't do it then. Yeah, I will look it up and get that answer before you guys leave. Mm. I do so many of them. That's why I write everything down because I'm getting old and I forget things. Yeah. This is this is not as and, a, and maybe it's just the fact that it says maybe it's just the fact that I know it has three hops in it and I was expecting it to be hoppier, but maybe that's not necessarily the case. But I guess for only 27 IBUs, it's right. really not that hot. But this is pleasant to drink. It's smooth mm -hmm. and it's not. It's got a little bit of a I don't want to say sour, but kind of a tart finish. It's, it's the molasses, so it is a it is a granddaddy German wheat beer made with molasses and honey. Whoa! I, I use sourwood honey, super high grade honey. My one of my best friends here in town owns an axe throwing joint called Valkyrie Axe, and he is a mead maker, mm. and he gave me some really high grade sourwood honey. Ooh. So I use that, and then we use some top grade molasses. So that molasses is imparting, and I did not use blackstrap because blackstrap is. <clears throat> Very smoky, very woody, um, kind of like if you're familiar with moonshine and mm -hmm. spirits, it's the tails version of molasses. Yeah, so it's kind of got like it's just a really smoky note. I don't, I'm not a fan of 
black strap. So I use uh, middle body, some molasses. The really cool thing is if I give you a pint of that, I always tell people drink three inches of it and impart and take the notes of the flavors in. And if you let it warm up five or six degrees and you do the rest of it, it completely changes flavors. Ooh, so it'll go, cool. it'll go from the bitterness of the molasses to the sweetness of the honey based on the temperature. Huh. That's super cool. And there's a lot of people like uh, I try to, I try to um, help people with, there's a difference between serving temperature and consumption temperature because mm-hmm. beers, depending on what style they are, open up and they, the flavors come through based on different temperatures. Yeah. Same thing with why there's different glassware different glassware and parts mm-hmm. different um results mm-hmm. sometimes Delivers. you get more on the nose right, sometimes yeah. it, it opens up as it's pouring and the bubbles come up versus yeah when i was studying cicerone and studying all the glasses and the nonix versus chalices and tulips and all that stuff and what beers go in what and why it was very interesting it's hmm. really cool to it's really cool to kind of study that man that uh, that's a good point. The uh, I I think it was Barik in Nashville that they have a cask. I'm mm-hmm. trying to think of what that it's beer the cask is pump where they get yeah yeah. But it's a it's it's a piston pump. It's actually no CO two. It's literally a, a piston <clears throat> that from in the olden days when they would have wooden barrels in the basement. Yeah, they needed to create their own pressure because they didn't have CO two tanks. Oh, okay. So they would literally pump this piston and it was always horizontally mounted to the bar and it would push, um, it would push air down into the barrel and push the liquid up the lines into the, into the glass. That explains why there wasn't, I I didn't get that CO two carbonation feeling when I was drinking the beer. No, you won't. The only, the only thing you're getting is a, a slight agitation. So you're probably going to have like a, um, just like maybe a quarter to an eighth of an inch mm. of head. And that's just due to the agitation and the delivery. Interesting. They're, they're, I think their pub ale is uh, served out of that cask. I'm trying, I think it's like an English, is it an English bitter, English mild or something? English, pub I think ale. it's an, Yeah. Yeah. And uh, they ESB's actually house. serve it colder for the American audience than they would overseas. Uh, true, and we can we can discuss that till till the cows come home. And yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I am very much into into traditional. I am I am not a trend follower. By mm-hmm. I I do do some beers that are very kind of trendy, but <clears throat> like I said earlier, my my wheelhouse is definitely traditional. So when we were over in Ireland mm-hmm. and we were over in um, Belgium, I kind of learned from masters that just do not give a duck fart about no deviation <laughs> from the, yeah from they the whatsoever. They do not care what is trending on social mm-hmm. media they do what they want to do and i just my mentor was the same way he's like i don't care mm. if somebody wants you know a, a 300 ibu <laughs> double ipa i'm not doing it i'm doing what i want to do and he and i still we had we had 40 taps mm. and we literally like i supported a 40 tap system with his barrel and a half with sure. barrel and a half rig that's impressive and we would brew one to three times a day but we did all his traditional ones and he was phenomenal mm. he, was, he was amazing and he's still up in you said he's up in maine no unfortunately he passed away oh yeah mm. <sighs> so no my protege dakota dakota mm. harbor he's in maine <clears throat> oh gotcha okay but my my mentor was greg rapp um he's the one that gave me my first job when i was working as an investment banker mm-hmm. and he unfortunately passed away in march of 19 mm. oh man yeah that was at rap brewing rap r-a-p-p r-a-p-p yeah. brewing yeah rap he brewing. was he was like He's the one that's responsible for why I'm here. That was in Florida. I'm trying to remember the name, where, what city it was in Largo, Florida. Largo, Largo Florida? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Pinellas County. 
yeah, you were on a you were on another show mm-hmm. um, back a few years ago, mm-hmm. and we were listening to it last night. But uh, and I think it took place there, didn't it? Was it at Rat well, Brewing, or no, was no, it just was, you and Dakota that were there? Well, Dakota and I have traveled together. He worked with me at Stillhouse and at Rap and at Rap. Okay, yeah, so he and I worked together in both brew houses. Nice. So that was an interview that he and I did at at the <clears throat> at Stillhouse. At Stillhouse, got yeah. it. Okay, yeah. Um, man, that that is that was, a unique beer. Yeah. That's it not a beer out of style lovely. I've had before. And that's why I'm saying there's only, from my knowledge, and I could be wrong, there's only three breweries in the country that actually do that beer. Mm. Um, I got to a place where I was kind of far enough ahead in my brewing, brewing um, rotation. And um, I was like, let's do something weird. Let's do something different. Now, I've never done totally. it. Totally. I've never done it before. It was a really, it was kind of like going out there, um, did some research, designed it, and it worked out really well. I'm actually thinking about entering that in a few comps. Man, I'm very curious where it'll go. That that was very pleasant to drink. My and also my favorite name so far out of the ones we've drank: three yes. hops and a cot. Yep. Yes. <laughs> you, won't, you won't forget it. No, uh, I won't. I really won't. I didn't have to look at that one at all. We're we're changing pace a little bit, so mm-hmm. we've kind of been sitting on the the lighter the lighter brews, but now moving into a brown ale, which doesn't necessarily always mean it's a it's a heavy sweet beer, but from a color standpoint, which what you were talking about when you were trying to build, when you, uh, a few years ago, you were talking about making a, a black lager and people were like, oh, well, I just don't like dark beers. They're too heavy. And, you know, it's like, well, let me show you something that, that that's not always the case. So I don't know if that's what's going to be here, but I feel like at, at 5% for a brown ale, this is going to be relatively easy to drink. Yeah, I, I don't, I'm not here to get you drunk. If you want to get drunk, go grab a handle of, of, some whiskey and go home and sit on the couch. Yeah. Right. I'm right. here for camaraderie, friendship, you know, just talking about beer, enjoying yourself. I'm not here. To, I don't, I would feel so terrible if something happened to one of my patrons mm-hmm. and they got in trouble and got a DUI or something like that. So yeah. I'm, I'm not here for that. I'm here for, to give you a place to hang out with your friends and enjoy great beer yeah. in a, in a comfortable it. environment. It's a cool place too. I yeah. like the space. We talked about it a little bit at the beginning, mm-hmm. the old gas, it's a gas station, but like turned into a brewery. Like there's, we're sitting at a really nice table. It's very yeah. spacious. This is probably the biggest table we've sat at. This is actually a UTC um, lab table. Nice. So right where underneath your laptop is a hole that I plugged where the Bunsen burner was. Ah. <laughs> so there was college kids doing science experiments at this table at one point. Heck so yeah. it's super heavy. It's, it's about as heavy as a Corolla. Wow. Um, so I don't ever <laughs> want to move it. It's uh, a heavy uh, ass table. Yeah, it's a super heavy table. Um, but it's awesome. So before we jump into this brown ale, one of the questions I was, I was trying to figure out, and it, it could have been somewhere where I just overlooked, but Tanasi Brewing. Yeah, Tanasi is Tanasi Brewing. What's yep. what's I, I want to talk about the the mm-hmm. logo real quick, and then mm-hmm. the the name and how that came into play. Mm-hmm. Um, because for whatever reason, I couldn't find anything on that. And I don't know if that was intentional or if I just overlooked it and no, was talking. So it, walk me it, through that. And it's intentionally why I named it Tanasi. Um, Tanasi is the Cherokee word meaning Tennessee. Oh. So it is where it is officially where the state got its name. I did it to pay respect to the Cherokee Nation that was here before us and to where we live. Mm-hmm. I didn't want people to think I was the, you know, the, the jag off coming here from Florida trying to change things, whatever. I'm actually Chippewa Native American. Mm-hmm. Um so I just wanted to pay respect to the Cherokee tribes that were here before us. And unfortunately, too many people have forgotten all the history of Tennessee and the, and the indigenous individuals that were here before us. Actually, right across the uh, street is a Cherokee um, site where under, over there by the restaurant across the street. So huh. I did it because I wanted you guys to 
ask those exact questions like what the hell's Tanasi mean? Mm-hmm. You know, so um, the logo came from my it's on my tattoo and to not get too philosophical or deep, but the the Indian is supposed to represent me. The eagle is protecting me on my life journey. The sun rays um, behind it are to represent the new beginning of moving up here from Florida. And then the mountains at the bottom are meant to kind of just um, display the landscape of where we live. Mm, fantastic. So I put a lot of thought into it, put hours into that logo design mm-hmm. when I made it. Um, but yeah, I, I love when people ask me, what, where the hell did Stasi come from? You know? Well, my wife, my wife awesome. when we were initially reaching out to out to Clinton and when we were mm-hmm. emailing that night, I guess probably close to a month ago, mm-hmm. um, and we were talking about that, I said, yeah, I said, these, I said, the last time, we, we must not have made it out this way because mm-hmm. you guys are definitely not 12 months or less, like you've been here for longer than that, but two and a half, yeah. two and a half two years, and a half, yeah. but we had not been out this way. So, right. um, I had not heard of Tanasi brewing at the time, Mitch. Yeah. Yeah. And when I was talking with Rachel about it, she goes, could it be pronounced like Tennessee or something yeah. like that? And I, I that and we kind of joked about that because it's kind of like the Southern, yeah. um, dialect on the and word she, Tennessee. But now I think about that, she, <laughs> She's actually wasn't not, far off. No, like, she's actually not too wrong because of if you think about it back in the day, um, the illiteracy of certain individuals, like there's multiple spellings of the same word mm-hmm. just because of interpretations and in different um, cultures and different um, ethnic backgrounds and stuff mm-hmm. like that. They spelled it different. I've seen it. I've seen it. T-E-N, T-A-N, T-E-N-N. Mm-hmm. I've seen it numerous different ways. And there's actually a reservation in Monroe County, which now unfortunately is underwater. And there is a commemorating the spot but it was a a place where the tribe tribe chiefs from the carolinas and from kentucky would meet and discuss policy hmm. uh, so they would all sit there and so it was called the meeting place tanasi uh, so i wanted this okay. to be the meeting place the meeting for you place. guys yeah i want you to meet your friends here and your girlfriend your wife or whatever after work and come and hang out i want you guys to meet and hang out here and um discuss and I and I like the concept of being able to come. I mean, at 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 these ABVs, considering there's tons of flavor in beers that aren't eight, nine, and ten percent. One, yes. that's impressive. Uh, but two, I, I can come here, have a couple of beers, and I don't have to feel bad about driving home right. because I'm not tanked when I leave. Like when I said, I exactly. out the door. I would feel absolutely horrible if I ever found out one of my patrons got a DUI or gotten a wreck or anything like that. So I, I feel like it's. It's my responsibility mm-hmm. not to protect people, but to to be responsible. Mm-hmm. And like I said, my my biggest goal is to expose you to flavors and um, ideas and thoughts that you may not have ever thought of or consumed. I.e., the cot loser. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't need to make that nine percent to make it enjoyable. No. no, not at all. I know in my early twenties, I was definitely a high ABV seeker, but and and shoot. a lot of people are in their twenties. I was too. Yeah. In my twenties, it was. Let's drink as little as possible to get as big a buzz as possible mm-hmm. for the least amount of money. Yep. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that's and that's the thing. But as you evolve and when you get older, you start it's like when you, you buy more expensive whiskeys, mm-hmm. you buy better beers, you buy, you know, better grade food. Yes. You know, you go away from the fast food places to the nice steakhouses and everything. Mm. So you kind of just evolve as a as a human and you um, look for more quality i guess over quantity definitely and that's what i'm seeing here that i'm loving the variety you have yes and being able to have that 
There's three one of every thing up there. I've yeah, I've never had that before. That was truly a blessing to have such a rare kind of style beer. Here. And I, and I also, once again, going back to Greg, like he taught me how to do grain selection. Like you can buy of the same grain to make these any of these beers. There's probably three different options and three different price points. Mm. I always choose the highest price point because it really does come across. It really mm. does. Like you can buy the, you know, the cheap one from you know XYZ Brewing Company or XYZ Maltier, and it's going to show. Mm -hmm. But if you spend the extra money on the better grains, yeah, I import a lot of mine from overseas in Belgium and Germany. I have a few American ones I work with. Um, um, River Bend, which is a mm -hmm. local one here out of the Carolinas. I'm going to start buying some grains from them. But I always go, or I default, I guess that's the word I was looking for. I always default to the higher breed of grain. Because mm. it really does show. I've it done makes it. sense. I've done tests where you like literally, I'll just do this one <clears> to <throat> save me some money. And then mm. it shows. Man. It doesn't have the robustness. It doesn't have the flavor delivery. Yeah. Let's jump into the brown ale. Let's do uh -huh. it. Yeah, let's do what, it. What's the name of that one? I'm trying to... Cheeky Wanka. <laughs> okay. That's what I read, but uh -huh. I wasn't quite sure, so I wasn't about to mention it. Yeah. Okay. So once again, going back to my... I know I'm kind of preaching this, but I'm mm -hmm. being a traditionalist. There is a Bible out there called a BJCP, a Beer Judge Certification Program. Mm -hmm. That organization dictates how every beer on earth should look, taste, and smell, and mm -hmm. everything. If it is not in that Bible, we call it kind of like... Um, it's not official, but we call it a cheeky beer. Nice. So when you do, you know, dandelion marshmallow fluff IPAs, those mm. are cheeky beers. Mm. Gotcha. So the reason why this one is cheeky is because this is actually mix mixing a traditional Southern English brown with um, Dunkelweizen yeast. Oh. So we use a Hefeweizen, Weihestefan yeast on it to give it a banana clove note on a brown. Whoa. So it's kind of hybriding two beers together. That comes through. Yeah. Yeah. I get that on the, um, mm. not the exact end, but right before the end of the mm -hmm. finish, I pick up on that banana clove flavor. Mm -hmm. That's the that's the same flavor that I expect that um, in like some of those, I uh, can't remember which one it was that we had beforehand, but kind of a Belgian-y, mm -hmm. yeasty style. So Belgian beers typically impart a, impart a cracked black pepper note, mm. just in general. Okay. Um, Wieha Stefan is the oldest brewery in the world. Boy, this is different. Yeah, isn't it? I was expecting like a sweeter mm -hmm. finish on something like that. Well, I... As the it's, brewer, it's the as the brewer, you get to decide how sweet or how mm -hmm. dry you want every beer to be. Yeah, and we just either we do we calculate our pitching rates for our yeast. We decide how long we want it to actually ferment, whether it's fourteen, fifteen, or sixteen days, something mm -hmm. like that. Um, and it's just kind of a super tasty. I've been, right now, I'm at I think I'm at eight hundred ninety six batches. So I've been doing this for a little while, and I've, I've kind of perfected. <laughs> I perfected these beers and nice. made some bad ones that weren't so great, and then you kind of just tweak them. It's kind of like when you make a lasagna, and you're like, this time you put in basil, and then you realize you don't like basil, so next time you don't use basil. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, <laughs> this is so fantastic. You dialed think, it in. Yeah, I think it's just that's one of the great things is I had multiple many years as a home brewer mm. to make small batches and kind of get my shins kicked in. Because every time I would make a homebrew, like I told you guys, I would literally take bottles of it to every um, brewery owner and head brewer in the whole city mm. because I wanted their feedback. I wanted um, what they thought of it. Mm -hmm. I joined a homebrew club called the Pinellas Urban Brewers Guild um, because there was a 
like 80 of us and it was a great way to um figure out what you're doing right and what you're doing wrong mm-hmm. i entered homebrew competitions that's where the medals are from over there very nice just because that's a great way to find out what you're doing what you need to change it makes your learning co- curve go from this to this yep. yeah you find out real quick what you need to change and things like that yeah i even started a homebrew club <laughs> up here just to try to do the same thing so i was in Canellas Urban Brewers Guild down in Florida. Hmm. Now I'm in Chattanooga Urban Brewers Guild called the Chubbies. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Love nice. the acronym. <laughs> yeah. That's great. So yeah, we we have a we have a homebrew club that meets here. And it kind of um kind of slowed down, i.e. fell apart during COVID. Mm-hmm. But I really want to rejuvenate it. I really um want to get members re-interested in it and come back and do meetings here. We would do like slideshows, educational topics on you know, water treatment, hop selection, Whoa. stuff like that. Mm. I really want to elevate and help. Because I, I remember when I was first starting and I was like, uh, I don't know what I'm doing here. I really wish I had somebody I could mm. ask. And I want to be that for somebody. There's no other brewery that I know of that you can, in Chattanooga, that you can walk into and talk to the guy that actually makes the beer. Right, yeah. And we have some phenomenal breweries here in town, but most of the time after six o'clock, the brewers are home, yep. you know, kind of thing. They're you know, nine to five as it were. Right. Yeah. 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 Like my buddy that works at um Naked River, mm-hmm. he works from two AM till two PM. Woo. <laughs> so he's he's gone. He's he's a phenomenal Nate Woods, he's a phenomenal resource and very smart man, but you aren't gonna talk to him when you go in there at six thirty nope. at night on a Friday. No way. He's yeah. home with his wife and kids. You know? Good on him. Yeah. Yeah. Good on him. But yeah, he's a super nice guy, but you just there's not many places you can go and actually talk to the guy that brewed the beer. Mm-hmm. You're talking to somebody that's just serving the beer. Right. They might be great employees and love the business, but they just don't know. You ask them, start asking them questions like, I'm not really sure, you know? Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. Now, that, that's amazing to have a, a presentation slide or just educational elements yeah. within a, the share. And yeah, we do PowerPoint up on the big screen right awesome. there. Awesome. I'm, I'm trying to play musical chairs with these okay. flights here. <laughs> yeah. Jumping in, I don't want to spill anything Goodness. at the same time. I need to move it around. So we've got the we've got the next one. So we've gone one through one through. Four. We're jumping into the dry oh, okay. Irish stout now. Oh, yeah. I think so, right. So yes. this one was developed when uh, my girlfriend and I went over to Ireland. Um, she's Irish, so we wanted to go back to her homeland essentially. And while we were there, we um, one night we were at a brewery called. Um, well, I don't want to say the name of it. It was in southern ireland mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. the brewer that i was talking to he's like yeah come on in hang out with us and he happened to be doing an irish stout that night and um and he was very kind and he opened his recipe book and he showed me his recipe for oh. the beer and i was like oh really <laughs> click, <laughs> click. <laughs> mental picture yeah yes i went to the bathroom wrote down everything i could and i came home and immediately changed my recipe to match his nice so he showed me his recipe for the dry irish stout and for the irish red so Heck this yeah. is, this was the oh yeah we'll be getting into yeah. the Irish red here in just a couple of pours mm-hmm. yeah but this is the dry Irish stout yep so we named it one more stout for the cliffs of more M O H E R yeah yeah nice. actually like that. that was I was accidentally named by one of my patrons because he came up and he's like hey man can I have one more stout oh son of a bitch that sounds really cool <laughs> that's hey, awesome that's yeah. Okay. yeah so it was it was a happy accident <clears throat> um but yeah it was named after the cliffs of more okay. So it definitely is, 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 it is what it sounds. It has a dry finish. It does. Yeah. Yeah. Dry. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. It's tasty. Um, chocolatey? Mm-hmm. Little, yeah. just a little, little roast, bit. Roasted, little ro- roasty, bar- roasty. Roasty. Roasty is what yes. I get. Okay. Never mind. I'm still, I'm still trying to pick up that flavor profile. Yeah. Roasted barley. Um, 
and chocolate malt. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it's tasty. I enjoy it, and that's five, mm-hmm. four and a half. Really easy. You need to jump up. You can real quick if you need to. to totally, totally. Yeah, you you're take, good. You want to take a break? Yeah, right. let's take a rinse break okay. real quick. All right, okay. we'll be right back. Yeah. All right, we're back. Took a rinse break, kind of uh, rehydrated, mm-hmm. bathroom trip and all that. Got our business in order. So I, this was this one's on me, but I accidentally, we were talking about that dry Irish stout. <laughs> you just downed it. And I just downed <laughs> it real quick. I, I didn't mean to, but it was, it's so easy, like, I'm not a, I'm not a, uh, for me, Irish stout, my stouts, I prefer like bourbon barrel age, imperial, Russian imperial stout, like the heavy, heavy, heavy hitters. And those are typically sweeter and, and not dry. Right. So dry stouts for me, Irish stouts, I typically tend to stay away. But this one was really good because it wasn't, it wasn't what I was expecting on a normal dry stout. It wasn't overly sweet, but it had a, it had a unique flavor at the end, but when we when we went on pause, I just grabbed a beer and I just drank. <laughs> I just tossed it back and I went, "Damn, that was really good." And I go, "Oh shit, I just finished up that stout. I didn't mean to." And those BA Imperial stouts are great, um, but Imperial. BA, if you want one beer, right? And I call I call them night enders, mm-hmm. um, but they are a fireplace. You know, sit on the couch. You yeah. know, they're not hanging out with your with your mates yeah. like drinking beer. Um, there's a there's definitely a place in the market for the <laughs> BA. You can get crazy with Cabernet barrels and wine barrels and stuff like that. Yeah. You can make some phenomenal tasting ones or phenomenal tasting beers. Mm. May not be, that may not be this time in this space though. Yeah. You know, right, if, right, if, I'm, yeah. if I'm out and the weather's nice outside, I'm in a short sleeve shirt. And last thing mm-hmm. I want to really do is down a barrel age Imperial stout. And my girlfriend's the same weight, which I've never understood. She will not consume a um, stout unless it's below 50 degrees outside. Ah. I'm like, honey, what does it matter? It's 72 in the brewery mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. the cooler is always 38 degrees. Yeah. So what does it matter if it's June or, <laughs> or January? <laughs> what does it matter? If you want a stout, drink a stout. Right. But I do that too. Like I actually transition my beers, uh, my Hefeweizen I use in the spring, summer. Then I do Dunkelweizen in the fall, winter, yep. you know, and stuff like that. And you most likely will not come in here in July and find a stout on the board. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to switch. I got so many to pull from. I have to give everybody kind of their, their turn, their turn. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, oh, man. And this one and this next one is, is going to be very interesting. <laughs> yes. So yes. today is today is national think. logger day, <laughs> right? At least at yeah. the time of the recording we are. So yeah. we're, we're sitting here with a kimchi logger. So, Man, uh, I remember getting burned on kimchi in my early 20s because uh-huh. a friend of mine was dating his girlfriend who worked at a Japanese restaurant that it was just all Korean family mm-hmm. owned. Yep. And uh, once we came in and said we liked kimchi, they did not stop bringing it to the <laughs> table. Very hospitable, and we needed to eat every bit. It Kim- was- Kimchi's awesome, but it is definitely an acquired taste. Yes. Um, I got telling you guys earlier, I lived in Korea for a year when I was in the, in the army. Um, I learned how to make it traditional with the clay pots underground mm. and everything like that. And I just developed a, a taste for it. Um, there is a really a phenomenal Korean restaurant here in town called Han Mi Ooh. that I get the kimchi from. Um, he gives me all of his gojujang juice. Very um, nice. And I put that straight in the beer. Oh, so it's so it's not spicy, painful or anything like that. Mm. Literally, but I want you to taste cabbage and I want you to taste... The gojujang, yeah, and that's what we're getting. That's what we're getting here, right off the yes. nose, even. Yeah, okay. that's a strong nose. It it's definitely. I want to taste it. It's very. Yeah. Yes. I want you to get 
literally the gojujong on the tip of your tongue, and then I want one ex- once it exits your mouth, I want you to get um, cabbage. Ooh, yeah. Well, try it out, bitch. Let's dig in. Mm. I get cabbage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. On the end. Mm-hmm. Like right on the finish. Right, right in your jowl. Yep. yep. It's it's not uh, overly pungent. It's inviting. And right. it's still refreshing at the same time. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people... Have, it stays with me, too. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, it's still there. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people... Um, how do I say it? Like, they've been tainted. They think kimchi is just nasty hot or right. whatever. And kimchi is not really hot Mm-mm. spicy. Mm-mm. It's not jalapeno Carolina Reaper hot. Right. It is literally fermented vegetables um, with gojujang powder on top of them. So is this a, is this supposed to have a kick to it? And I'm just no, missing like it? A, no, it's like a one. Okay, yeah. No, I don't, it's like a one on a 10 scale. Yeah, when you no. when we were mm-hmm. talking before the show started about mm-hmm. spice levels and things mm-hmm. like that, I was expecting there to be some heat to this, but no, nothing. I, don't, I, I mean, don't want I don't want heat. Okay. Right. I don't want you to feel heat. I want okay. you to I want you to really taste the chili pepper. Yeah. The chili powder, and I'll even I'll show you guys what I use when we get off air here. But then I really want you to just taste the vegetables. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I get that in spades. I want you to literally just taste cabbage all day yeah. long. That's awesome. That, that I don't that know blows me away. Yeah, right? I don't yeah. know what I was expecting on this, but it wasn't. I I don't know. I know nothing about kimchi, so I have no idea what this was. Honestly, to be fair, when you poured this, I thought that this was. Because the hazy IPA mm-hmm. is the last one on right. this flight. I thought maybe you had switched it because no. this thing was so cloudy. Yeah, no. And I thought that maybe maybe that one was supposed to be the kimchi lager. But no, this was the kimchi lager. So yeah. I didn't know what to expect tasting it. And it's it's gonna, tasty. It's, it's going to clear up a little bit. I didn't want it to be uh, what they call star bright. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. want it to be see-through. That's what um, you have in your glass right now? Yeah. That's the kimchi I'm, lager? That's what I'm drinking. Oh, okay. That's what I'm having Very right nice. now, too. Um, but I didn't want it to come out as star bright like a like a traditional American light lager. Mm. You know, I wanted it to still be a little bit cloudy. But we literally just tapped this last night about ten o'clock. I'm a I'm day. a fan of that one. That one was really good. That was way more crushable than I expected it to be. Yeah, because yeah, I, I fell in love with it when I was overseas and wanted to keep it going. Like I said, and the guy over at Han Mi is really really good. And he gives me his his um, mm. kimchi when so he's done. There's no ABV on the board oh, for that sorry. one. I, What's re- that sitting at? Uh, four six, I believe. Nice. Okay. Yeah. All right. Another one. Yeah. yeah. So it's a it's a it's a light, easy drinker too. Nice. I like. I enjoyed that. That was very different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> again, I know nothing about kimchi, so I had no <laughs> idea what kimchi was supposed to be. I think the closest thing to kimchi you've gotten was a uh, crawfish antenna last time that we ate at a. Oh, Roussans? Yeah. 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 I remember that now. Okay. <laughs> and like I said, this, <laughs> that was a is, weird night. this is to this is to invoke conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to do this. I want to do um I want to do beers that you've never had before, you've never heard of before. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of thing. Yeah. Well, mission accomplished. Yeah. Definitely. So I just I literally want to make sure you have holy crap, I've never had a kimchi beer. I had a kimchi beer today. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Amazing. I, yeah. yeah. And what better good. day? Yeah, on then then a kimchi lager on National Lager Day. Heck yeah, that's awesome. I also got a Doppelbach that I need to debut. Um, I have a black lager I'm going to debut here pretty soon. We kind of going back. You talked about 20 minutes ago <clears throat> when um, there's a perception that I have people coming here all the time to say I don't like dark beers. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not really true. First of all, like dark does not mean flavor like does not is not hinged on the flavor right Mm -hmm. so what i would do in my last brewery we had a black ipa we had a black lager 
and we had a stout, mm-hmm. all black, black as night. I put all three of them on there. I'm like, okay, now tell me which one you like. <laughs> Completely different animals. Yeah. Like literally not even close to each other, but they're all the same color. So I did that to kind of just um, knock mm-hmm. the brakes off of their their thought process of, I don't like dark beers. Yeah. Right? You know, same thing when people say, I don't like IPAs. Well, that's mm. not really true. You may not just like that person's IPA. There's so many genomes of IPA or hops in the world. Like me, I'm I'm not a fan of Simcoe hops. Mm. There's a lot of people who love Simcoe. I think it tastes like kitty litter box. Mm-hmm. So none of my beers have Simcoe in them. Mm-hmm. I instead I love I do like the traditional cit- Citra, Cascade, blah blah. <clears throat> my favorite hop on earth is uh, Warrior or Wicked Bitter. Yep. And mm. I love uh, Huel Melon. Huel Melon. Yeah, that's, Huel in, Melon. that's in the hazy that we'll get to in a minute. Yes. <sighs> so excited. It imparts a strawberry <laughs> and cantaloupe note, whereas most hazies impart like a kind of a mixture between a West Coast IPA mm-hmm. and then they make it just hazy yellow. Yeah. So I kind of just do it to F with you a little bit. Hell yeah. Well, I feel like you're going to accomplish that mission too. I'm working on it. So we're jumping into the, we're kind of coming up on the tail end of the beers. We've uh-huh. got the last the last four here. The Irish Red, mm-hmm. Night in Cork. Yep. What's that name about? So that was once again when I got to study with that brewer in um, Cork, Ireland. Mm. Um, oh, it, yes. was, it was at <laughs> night. My girlfriend and I were there having beers. and. Oh, this is the one you were able, you were the other beer yeah. you were able to see the recipe yes. from. Yep. Okay. So he showed me the recipe for this one and his dry Irish stout. Heck yeah. And so since it was nighttime in Cork, Ireland, it was night in Cork. Night in Cork. Yep. Good name. Yep. 5.1%, 20 IBUs. Yep. Easy to drink, I imagine it's going to be. Irish Reds, I I get a lot of shit for this, but the very first Irish Red that I ever had was Killian's. And I don't know if that, because I feel like I've had a lot of Irish Reds since then, and none of them taste close to that. Usually it's Killian's or Smittix. I've had uh, Smittix as well. Yeah. I've don't had ever, Smittix as well. Say Smithwicks. <laughs> People I say Smithwicks? at the beginning. Oh, yeah. Yeah. oh do they? Oh, yeah. Oh. You, you say in the wrong neighborhood, you'll get smacked. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. Glad I've never said it that <laughs> yeah. way before. And you got to say Smittix, like S-M-I-D. Smittix. Yep. Okay, this is good. I like this. Uh-huh. This is super. Um, oh, yeah. So what made him open up to is I came into it and I was like, yeah. yeah, I've been doing Irish Reds for a while, but I can't get the blood red that I want. Huh. He's like, oh, you need to do this. And he went and opened his book, and he showed me that actually the trick to making the blood red is by adding, we add a black grain Whoa. Um, to it, like a patent, black patent malt. You wouldn't think so, no. but you add a black malt to your amber grains to make it a blood red. Hmm. Very interesting. So, yeah, he was like, yeah, do this, and he showed me. I was like, holy crap, that's awesome. Mm. So I went home and immediately changed my recipe to match his. Mm-hmm. Nice. And how yeah, far a- how far off were you? Compared was, to like looking I was at about, recipes. I was about four SRM off. Yeah. Mm. Um, so we measured in standard referent module or mm. standard referent mode. Yeah. It's a zero to 40 scale, zero water, 40 black as night. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was probably four SRM it's off. Not bad. No, but in my world it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was more of an amber. It was more of a California sunset. Than, uh, than a blood red. Gotcha. Okay. The ultimate goal is to literally make a blood red, mm-hmm. um, like a deep dark red. That was tasty. Heck yeah, yeah. Gosh, that's malty, awesome. just enough hops to carry it, but I want you to taste all those grains I mm-hmm. put into all those English grains and all those Irish grains. I enjoy that. Want to jump off? 
of you guys. Yeah, go for it. That's fine. Okay. We can just keep, keep going and okay, talking yeah. while you're doing it. Yeah, absolutely. Two seconds. So let's just cover the tap room real quick. Yeah, we sure. haven't talked about, you know, we, we talked about the outside, mm-hmm. but we haven't been able to really talk about how clean and uh, unique some of the tabletops are here. Sure. Um, did you get a chance to look at the bar? I did. I took a brief a brief look at it. Um love i see so i see our homies uh the del- the bearded iris yes i see an attention please so he knows how to get the labels off cans apparently and, yeah um it's a beautiful piece with uh, uh i'm assuming it's acrylic on top mm-hmm. to give it that you know even countertop kind of uh clarity over top all the art that he's collected there um Blossom and cellar door similarly yep they have all that stuff and even big trouble big trouble has it as well yeah now, I love those tabletops. Gives you something to look at, and um, I see a lot of the Nashville homies, uh, brewery-wise, in these labels. There's another bearded iris as well. I think that's a mood ring. I think I see. Yes, it. I see. Yes. It's glaring, so it's hard to. Of course, bearded iris can labels are at least the older ones yeah. are very noticeable because they all look the same. Yep. Mad props to them for changing some of their regulars because, mm-hmm. like. Ever clever looks dope. The home style rebrands look awesome. Yeah. You know, the, the can art, but their original labels were always like the bearded Irish flower at the <laughs> top with <laughs> yep. like the name underneath. It was very noticeable. They all looked the same. So you can spot those a mile away. Yeah, it was a slap with a different background. Yeah. And just oh yeah. They they kept it turnkey, mm-hmm. which kept things, you know, quick and easy for them. But it, it all looked good. Yes. And I enjoy the I going back to this place, so We've got some. Um, we've got some of the homies from close by here. We've got Asheville representing up on the board. Um, of course, Delaware got Dogfish Head, but um, everything seems to be close nearby. So Jackalope in Nashville, mm-hmm. um, Trim Tab out of Alabama. Oh, nice. Uh, Sweetwater yeah. in Georgia. Um, so a, a lot of these are relatively close. Black Abbey representing. Yep, yep. Shout out to Carl. Yazoo. And Black Abbey, Yazoo. Where yeah. do it? Do you see Yazoo no, up there? No, no, oh, okay. I, uh, I get their Hefeweizen sometimes. They're, gotcha. It's the similar colors, but that's a uh, Bell's Oberon. That's yes. What it is. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Green Man out of Asheville, Wiseacre. Mm-hmm. Shout out. Uh, well, with Michelle, who's now oh, yeah. repping with Creature Comforts. That's right. So we'll be talking to her soon. But Congrats, we had Michelle yeah. on the move. Shout that's out awesome. to Michelle. We had a blast with her when we were talking. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of a lot of local southeast, you know, mm-hmm. Tennessee and surrounding states representing them here. But then they've got the homebrew section in the back where they got the homebrew supplies. It's just a it's a cool space because the main area here is the bar with, like you said, the countertops that are super dope. Yeah. And then chairs going all around it, and then um, a cooler with some of the some of the local stuff nearby. And then a big ass table that we're sitting on that we talked about earlier. Yes, yes, it was perfect for all the equipment. Yeah, <laughs> it's just a it's a cool space overall. It feels very homely in here, but it yeah. seems like there's room for expansion. I really enjoy the the homebrew section over there. We'll we'll take a look at it before yeah. we leave. That was something at Craft Brewed that I really mm-hmm. was sad to see go. We don't get that. We don't have that in Craft Brewed anymore. Mm-hmm. And I I really don't want to be. I've worked in large breweries, and mm-hmm. you know we measure measure everything on barrels. Uh, I've worked in up to 30 barrel brew houses and I don't really want to like, that's just sometimes you just turn into a production brewery and you're pushing buttons. Mm-hmm. I like the fact that I'm putting a mash paddle in grain every day. Yeah. yeah. You know, every time I'm, I'm actually stirring it. So I love that smell and the feel mm. and, the, and the work that goes with it, you know? So I want to stay kind of this size. Yeah. I like this. Like some people come in and go, what if I gave you a million dollars? I'd probably be the same. 
Yeah. <laughs> I'd, probably, I'd probably get some little more expensive equipment. Yeah. I'd and probably, you'll come into work with a nicer car, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> like I do want to get some um, some fermenters, like the some larger stainless steel fermenters, mm-hmm. but they're kind of wicked expensive. So I'm kind of saving up my pennies right now for those. Yep. But I want to put like two or three um, very large stainless steel fermenters here in the tap room. That'd be oh, fun. That'd to be awesome. Yeah. That'd be good ambiance as well. Yeah. I like sitting in the middle of all that. Yes. That's fun. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because right now I'm doing a. It's a two barrel rig. But I'm doing one barrel batches, mm-hmm. um, and if I could do like two and two or four barrel batches, then I could literally I could literally focus on a lot more small because it would get my staples. Yep, I could do my staples pretty much <clears throat> for the next three months, and then I could focus on some of the smaller small ones batches. like DMZ Dragon. Yep, and those weird obscures off off one offs. You know, God, I love obscures. They're, yeah, it expands my reality on craft beer, and yeah. that's why I love talking to people that. Are, are in it every day. I mean, staples pay. Staples pay, pay, pay the, the bills. bills. Yeah, yeah. So my my sun circle pale ale. Mm. Just I tell people all the time, it's it's not on the board right now. Um, nothing crazy. No no fruits or vegetables or no no lawnmower hops or whatever. But mm-hmm. it's just a damn good everyday drinker. Yeah, it's literally a phenomenal Saturday afternoon drinker. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, pays the bills. It pays the bills. Yeah, I like that. The, Very the, nice. The hazy IPA. The the um, watermelon crawl, you know, those are the mm. ones that pay the bills. But I really like expanding my horizons and doing stuff like the cop boosters and the, the DMZ dragons mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is going to be something that deviates a little bit from what I'm used to. This habanero <laughs> saison. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm a little nervous. I love habanero. Oh yeah, the flavor. I do. Mm. Habanero for me is good. A little smoky, but I don't. Was it habanero that smoky? Chipotle. Chipotle. Okay, never mind. Habanero is not smoky. I call Neither it can be. Smoldering. smoldering. Smoldering? Yeah. Okay. I, I Habanero and beer. I don't mm. know how this is going to go for me. What's so, my level of, oh, I smell of comfort it. on mm. it? Really? So, right on the nose? Oh, yeah. It's okay. always keep a pleasant it, Keep in mind, I'm a spice wuss. Okay. I don't do anything over sriracha or Tabasco okay. in my personal life. So what I wanted is present, not painful. Okay. So um, Pavo Episan, I'm probably butchering the hell out of that. It just means spicy pepper. Okay. So I really want you to taste a pepper, but I don't want you to be begging for a glass of milk when you're done. Right. I want you to walk to the door, and by the time you get to your car, it's not still there with you. It's there. Uh-huh. Oh, it's man. there, and it, and it went it. up into my nose a little bit. Like, <laughs> just I a can, little, though. I can feel it. Not painful yeah. well, whatsoever. What I tell people, like, the ha- when you see a jalapeno beer, uh-huh. it's usually a bitch slap. Yes. You smack the shit out of you with an eight. Uh-huh. And then they go away fast. Yeah, this a, thing a habanero hev- it kind of yeah, yeah, it, it yeah. like it stays with me. Mm-hmm. It's hovering. Yeah, like, it's hovering. Part it's of me wavelength. Part yep. of me wants yep. to take another sip to kind of cool it down a little bit, <laughs> but I'm going to be in the same fucking <laughs> boat that I'm in <laughs> yeah. right now. So exactly. you're just yeah, paddling exactly. the water. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, no, this is this is good. I don't. I, I didn't know what to expect. This is awesome. This I would love to have this side by side with the, the habanero saison from from Highcott. Oh, from Sabbath. Yeah. Oh, that's right. In uh, Atlanta. Well, was that? Hold on. I may be wrong. Actually, it's, or was it, it was, the high cotton saison in Memphis? Well, that one was just like loads of black pepper. Black pepper. And okay. I loved it, but oh, I've right. never seen another one just that heavy on it. That black but, pepper comes from that yeast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they did something where it was amplified, like Spinal Tap to mm. eleven. Oh, but wow. it also wasn't done yet, so I got to okay. taste it before it was ready. You got it from the fermenter, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. fresh so from the tap. There might be one of those. There, there's something I'm probably missing in the process that made it the way it was at that time when I tasted it. 
but um, no, I, I am a little mistaken on the Sabbath one. Mm. It was uh, Kelly's Death Pickles. Oh, that's And it right. was the wow. juice from that. That's a name yeah. right yeah. there. That it, is a name. It's a local guy with his hot, hot pickles. pickles. And I didn't dare eat one of those while there, but um, the brewer at Sabbath decided to take that and use it for pickle <laughs> beer. I'm not a pickle beer guy, mm. but man, uh, that was a pickle beer I could appreciate it was a saison pickle beer with all that heat but it was like mostly um mm. red chilies habanero some jalapeno it was a mixture of things mm-hmm. but he he had to do if i remember right the brewer right over there it was like yeah, no i'm i'm listening to this story <laughs> yeah uh-uh. it was three to five different batches or something before mm-hmm. he found the right level of right, heat right, right and it's much like this where you're you've got the ride with the habanero that that's it's kind of like a wavelength that lingers but it's not it's not like hurting you in any way it's it's fantastic so i would love to have both of those side by side because one has that pickle definition the other this is just i i could drink it yeah. i could drink it so, and, my, so my regulars are starting to show up now no nice. okay welcome hello <laughs> that's good what's up guys my friends mark and peggy they, hey mark hey make hey peggy they drive like an hour to come see me every saturday oh that's awesome what I was going to say, though, you said it was about pickles. Like, mm. I love, I'm the kind of guy I can go to my fridge and take a swig of a pickle pickle jar. Yeah. So I just got, I did a pickle goza myself a couple months, about a month or so ago. And then um, I just got in the Urban Artifact pickle goza, Ooh. which is, it's a seasonal beer. It's only available in December. Oh, wow. And it sells like crazy. I haven't so had pickle, a pickle goza. Yeah, it's, it's, it is literally a love or hate. There is no middle ground. <laughs> yeah. No one has ever drank and go, eh, it's I. I would hate right. it, just for the record. I'm no. going to be that guy. Oh, no, I would, it, I, it might change your world. Ah, okay. I might send you home with one and see what you think. But Fuck. Every, I hate when this happens. You got to try Every, right. time, every try time I go, nope, it's not going to be like, all right, watch this. I'll change your mind. And that's, <laughs> right. how, that's how I, I used to hate sours. I mean, well, oh, yeah, I, I'm see. still not a huge fan of sours, but getting into some of those kettle sours and, mm-hmm. and, and gozas mm-hmm. and, and starting small. And then working my way up. So I think, still can't do funk beers, but like tart for me, I'm okay. So you, you're not into like the Kavik's and uh, the. I'm trying. I'm trying those. to get you're them You're not going to succeed. Yeah. <laughs> I, you will not succeed. But think even farther back. Think about the first time you stole your buddy's dad's beer out of the garage fridge and you guys mm. snuck behind the barn and took a swig. And you're like, how in the hell do people drink It was this? an acquired taste. Right. Yeah, I get it. Beer sucked when you were 14. Oh, yeah. Big time. And now look at us. <laughs> yeah. So it, it is an evolution. So once again, I'm, I guess I'm harping on it, but I want to expose people to things that they have never done before. Yes. Things that have never drank before and go, holy shit, that actually works. Mm-hmm. I mean, the first guy that made a pickle beer probably got laughed out of the house. Probably. Right. And now it's huge. <clears throat> I mean, I literally, I'm going to sell out of that case in a week. Mm. You know, it's going to go that fast. Mm-hmm, when mm-hmm. I had a keg, I had a, I had a keg of five gallons. Went, I went through it in 20 some hours. Wow. Damn. Yeah. It was that fast. Now, are there any like Clamato <laughs> beers? There is actually. That's crazy. To there's, me. A, there's actually, a, I've seen some Clamatos. Clamatos. Not really my thing. Yeah. But, not mine either. But. but I have seen those in the market where people actually use oysters and clams and mm. then they do tomato juice. I think, it, I think it sounds horrific, but it that's just me. Terrible. I know Yazoo just did, a, I think it was last week, they did more, I think it was an oyster or clam, a brine saison yeah. of yeah, sorts. Like the same thing with oyster stouts. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Some people live and die for oyster stouts. Yeah. You know? Super savory. Yeah. 
my I'm gonna I need to jump into the next one because this, this, this thing is like staying with me and it's okay. like closing up and I need to drink something real quick. Well, that, good, good for you. The next one is just a good middle of the road Saturday beer. It's I do want I do want to point out though that was really good. Like I wasn't expecting I, I don't know what kind of heat I was expecting, but it was a very tolerable heat. It mm-hmm. wasn't something where I had to go like drink right. something else and and finish it up. But because it just stays with me. It, it, it kind of, like you said, it rode kind of up and down. The the the, the heat just kind of, the slow heat just stays with you. So it was really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and brother, like I, I, I've told people all the time, I don't get offended. If you don't like one of my beers, I'm not going to be like, well, then you don't know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> I'm not that kind of guy. That's why you have 10 styles up there. No, it's, just, it's just a maturity thing. that if you, if you really believe that your beer is... 100 percent of the humans that come in here are gonna like you're fooling yourself yeah right you've got bad expectations you've got bad expectations so that's why i do so many is because i know not everybody's gonna love the habanero not everybody's gonna love the yeah. freaking dmz but mm-hmm. i will say i have not had that experience here today yet every no. single one of these beers have been really good so i enjoy them thankfully our palate's been weathered enough <laughs> to understand yes. uh to a point certain styles but we're still uh you know <laughs> indiana indy i'm um, see if i got that right Indiana people, American amber. Indigenous people. Where the fuck did I get that? Right? I don't know. Indigenous English, Indiana people. English is hard. I, English is very hard, yeah. apparently, right now. English is very hard. I'm American. It can be whatever I want it to be. That's all good. <laughs> so we did it. Indigenous People Day is because he, around here, um, we do not celebrate Columbus Day. Mm. We do not acknowledge him. He was not a savior. He was not a hero whatever people think yeah right so we celebrate indigenous people day indigenous people Good. yeah which Good. is which is right after thanksgiving <clears throat> gotcha so uh, the indigenous people amber is to celebrate the once again the humans that were here before mm-hmm. he landed on here on a beer run gotcha mm-hmm. and a lot of people don't realize that he literally landed on plymouth rock because he ran out of beer yeah that a lot of people don't they they kind of forget that or don't know <clears throat> that huh um so yeah we um I designed that beer to kind of celebrate that Indigenous People Day, yeah. the day after yeah. Thanksgiving. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay, so this is I mean, it's another going to be easy to drink. American easy Amber, drink, yep. twenty IBUs, five point seven. That's actually higher than I was expecting Ooh. it to be for an Amber for an American like Amber beer. Mm-hmm. Pushing six percent is is a little bit higher than I was expecting. Has a caramel nose to it. it has a great caramel nose. Oh, wow. this follows up perfectly with that. Yeah, with so that it's going to... Oh, gonna, that was it. It's going right to squelch, yeah. squelch your number eight. Yeah. Is that what you're drinking? Oh, that's what you're drinking? That It's tasty. Uh-huh. Yeah, this it's one's fantastic. really good. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, it has great caramel and toffee yeah. notes. Oh, that's wonderful. And like I said, nothing crazy. It's just a great <clears throat> Saturday afternoon drinker. No Man. no fruits and vegetables. Just a damn good beer. Yeah. It's fantastic. I yeah. enjoy oh, it. It's very God. good. Back. Mm-hmm. Plenty more where that came Down from. Down the hatch on that. That's one. fantastic. Yeah, that one was really good. Mitch, we're at this last one here, man. Yeah, let's do it. This, this is, is the hazy. Ha- this is the hazy hazy ride. Yeah, hazy IPA. Hazy IPA. Hazy Ridge. You are really bad at this. <laughs> I think it's his glass. Oh, hazy. Ri- <laughs> no, it's not. You my glass. Ride, thank like- you for standing up for me. I appreciate it. But my glasses are relatively new. It is totally just <laughs> the, the lack of sleep and the shame. nine flights we've had prior it to this. It is time to go back to the optometrist. Yeah. I, somebody did not do their job right, I guess. Well, in, in your defense, I have a very weird... Um, handwriting style you do have a weird yeah, handwriting I style do. but that's that's on me and that's I, not on you for when i was a kid speaking. i was a i was a tagger oh, i yeah. did graffiti tagging when i was mm. a kid so i developed that style it does have kind of that feel to it i read and write greek fluently i read and write korean fluently and i do tagging oh that's amazing so Shit. I, have, I have a very unique handwriting style so 
uh, Hazy Ridge actually started from, I have one of the greatest offices I could ever think of. Mm -hmm. And I was standing behind the bar one time and I looked out over here and there's a, there's Signal Mountain where you can, you can see out my front window. And when it rains here or when it gets kind of like mm. bad stormy, the whole top of the mountain is just covered in haze. That's awesome. That's so we fantastic. literally, my girlfriend and I were trying to figure out what we could call this beer. We looked out the we looked out the window and it was a hazy, hazy ridge. ridge. Cause um for those that don't know, it is no longer allowed to be called New England IPA as of April first, two thousand twenty two. Really? Um I, I guess it was people all around the up and up and down the east eastern seaboard got mm -hmm. kinda jealous that New England was getting all the credit for those and the Carolinas and stuff. So now it's just called hazy IPA. Hazy IPA. Yeah. Yeah. So you have American, you have West Coast, and you have hazy. <laughs> I'd be, I mean, I'd, okay. I'd, yeah. I wouldn't have a problem with it. Once again, going back to BJCP, they're the they're the gods that decide that. They're the rule makers. They're the rule makers. Mm -hmm. They decide all that. Okay. So they, they changed the name in April to hazy, hazy IPA. That's yeah, what it is. Yeah, it is what it is. And so, mine is a little different than what you're going to, um, what you might be used to because mm -hmm. uh, most hazies impart a, a pine needle, orange yeah. peel, grapefruit note. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I use Huel Melon, which is a um, one of my favorite grain or hops that imparts a strawberry and cantaloupe note. Okay. So it's going to have a sweet front, and then that cantaloupe's going to hit you in the jowl. That's exactly what I get on this. Super, it's semi-sweet up front, and then, mm. yeah, a mm -hmm. mm -hmm. little, bit, little bit right on the finish. Right on oh, the end. Yep. Yeah. Man, I like this beer. This one, this, I, it wasn't as. Smooth, too. <clears throat> yeah. That's what I was going to say. It's a lot of, when you're thinking hazy IPA, at least for, for like Nashville and, and Tennessee, like we have a tendency to go overboard with juiciness mm -hmm. and things like that. And, you know, make it like Bearded Iris, probably the biggest brewery in Nashville outside of like Yazoo. But like not biggest, but like they they churn out the most different, the most new IPAs and mm -hmm. things like that, and they are very very big on making it super hazy, super juicy, and things like that. So because of that, because we drink a lot of it, mm -hmm. hazy IPAs for me typically have that nomenclature. But having a hazy IPA that's just not overly juicy and not overly bitter at the same time, this is a welcome change for a hazy IPA because this is. Same thing with my guys over at Southern Grist. I love those guys. They do yeah. some. They do some really amazing mm -hmm. off the wall stuff. Um, this one was tasty, and um, I that's why I, I love them, and I love um, the Fat Bottom. Like I said, yep. Fat Bottom is more traditional, mm -hmm. but I I really like I really like them and Southern Grist. <clears throat> those are my two favorite mm. Nashville's. We've been through a lot today, Mitch. Yeah, yeah. It's been a it's been a great trip. Man, thank you for sharing your. Of course, you guys are welcome to hang out anytime you're in town. We love having people come in and visit us. Ten different beers. Probably, probably after we disconnect here, where I'm going to do some more from the cooler from you. Definitely. Get some out of the private stock and kind of expand you a little bit more. Cool. And yeah. hopefully hopefully the people that listen to this um, get intrigued and come out and have some beers with me. Definitely. Definitely. And yeah. we'll be we'll be putting this out on our social as well. Mitch, yeah. any closing thoughts, man? Yeah. Amazing beers, man. Yeah. I, I always appreciate the lower ABV so I can just <clears throat> yeah. expand the palate further. And uh, just having you be able to tell me exactly the passion that you yep. put into each one amplifies it so much more for me. Yeah, because like I said, this is definitely not a job for me. This is, you could not run a brewery if you look at it as a job because mm -hmm. I'm here, I get like maybe two days off a month kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I'm doing 68 hours. You have to just love what you're doing. Yeah, mm -hmm. And I do. I love it. I've never, never once driven to work on a Monday going, 
crap, I got to go to freaking work. <laughs> I've never, I've you get never, to go to work on Monday. Yeah. I literally, I get to hang out with my friends. I listen to music and I make beer. My life sucks. Who's better than you? <laughs> yeah, you know, my life sucks. That's awesome. The only thing to be worse is if Hawaiian Tropic had their headquarters behind me. <laughs> that's, that's right. That's <laughs> the only worst head. thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> That'd be about it. You know? Well, but Clint, I, man, we appreciate it. Yeah. Clint Sully yes. with Tanasi Brewing there in Chattanooga, go. Tennessee. Thanks a lot for hanging out with us, brother. We appreciate it. Was it. Great hanging out yes, with you guys. Thank you for thank your thank time. You so much. This was awesome. And Mitch, it was a good time, man. We'll see everybody on the next episode. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Love you guys. Cheers.